Welcome to the Combustion Chronicles podcast, where bold leaders combined with big ideas to create game-changing disruption. I'm Sean Nason, your host for navigating the upside-down world of disruption. We're excited to depart from our usual programming for a few weeks to present a special mini-series based on my new book, Kiss Your Dragons, Radical Relationships, Bold Heart Sets, and Changing the World. Throughout these mini-episodes, I'm joined by my co-authors, Robin Glasgow and Michael Harper. Together, we'll be digging into the heart sets and mindsets featured in the book and getting real about our personal journeys that led us to launch all of this into the world. Like it or not, you've got some dragons in your life that need kissing. So pucker up and let's have some explosive conversations. Today, we're going to talk about heart sets. Read a little bit here around this. From what we can tell through our research, the term is growing more and more relevant each day. We see evidence of this fact in a current Google search we made on the term heart set, which pulled up just over 4 million results. That pales in comparison to the 175 million results from the word mindset. However, while the word heart set is much younger, in its common usage than mindset, we think it's every bit as important. In fact, we believe it's the missing link to better living and working. So why heart sets? And let me read these five heart sets that we landed on. Kissing your dragons, finding your dragon swarm, unleashing your inner fire, being the dragon, and soaring with your dragons. Let's dive into this, that actually heart sets are what we're born with, where mindsets can shift because we learn something. But heart sets are those innate inner core things about us. Why was this so important to you guys that we talked about this heart sets? And we'll talk in a minute about combining them both. But what is it Michael, around heart sets. For me, when we started writing the book and we were so focused on these mindsets, it just felt like something was missing. And if you look at mindsets, so things that are in our heads that drive our behavior, if all we're talking about is that there are things in our minds and our brains that are causing our behaviors, something's missing. Yeah. If we're talking about being a whole person and we're talking about showing up in the world as your whole self, Mm -hmm. then what was missing for me in this conversation was the heart piece. And when we explored the word heart set a little bit more and, and looked at what different people were using for the term when they were trying to define it, there's not a lot of clarity out there beyond it's a thing (laughs) that drives behavior. And I think for me, the end game for it all is that there's got to be that combination Mm -hmm. between the mindset and the heart set for this to be able to work. And, you know, I do feel like the Grinch that our hearts can (laughs) grow with time. (laughs) And there's still a lot to explore in terms of those core behaviors where they really come from. Mm -hmm. But exploring it from a head-heart combination is really super exciting. Yeah, I uh, spent my entire career in healthcare. And it doesn't matter how many companies I worked for, there always is some mantra around, we are patient-centered. And what I find is that the behaviors don't Mm. match the mantra. There are decisions that are made for revenue that don't match the headline of what you, the patient centered. And for me, I bring me everywhere I go. 
It's just easier. <laughs> and I'm a mom. I was a mom before I was a mom. And before I knew there was this thing called a heart set. When you're sitting, you know when that happens, when there's that disconnect between a, a conversation that you're, that's being had on a decision that's being made that's about revenue. And you just get this like, this is just not good for the people, whether it's the, mm. the associates or for the customer, it's creating additional friction or effort on their part. Yeah, it might be lining some pockets, but it's definitely, it's a disconnect. Michael, your career, up until three years ago, had been based in the church and in the nonprofit world. You know, we've been in several situations where we've either left a meeting or got in the car, and you would just say, damn it, I wish they would do what's right for the humans and not be so locked in their corporate mindsets and out of the heart sets. And you also joke, let's be real, like we've talked about we have nothing in between us. I preach a three-point sermon, Michael, <laughs> that you go is fluff. <laughs> and it's the same three-point sermon no matter where we go, what organization we're living in. But that's out of my heart set. And that sermon is simple, right? It's be transparent. Just what you're saying. It's easy for me to show up as me mm -hmm. than anything else. Relationships, build relationships. And we've talked about radical relationships in the book. But the third one that they think is the one, and we're seeing this start to rise within corporate America. The third point is love people. And each of you love people in very different ways, <laughs> right? Like, Michael, you, you share. You don't like small talk conversations. But once you're in that relationship, you're in that relationship. That's that radical piece. Talk about that. You know, it's kind of hard to explain it, but I think we have to tell it through a story of the difference of what a heart set is. Yeah. I've seen so much evidence switching from the nonprofit world where you have this hope and this mission that you get excited mm -hmm. about, yet you don't have the resources mm -hmm. and you often don't live from the position of abundance. Mm. To the corporate world work that we've done, both healthcare and otherwise, where there's more abundance and there are more people resources, but so often those people resources are functioning from the perspective of fear instead of abundance. And so the driver there is this mindset of bottom line, mm -hmm. or the mindset is we have to do this because we've always done it this way, yeah. or our hands will be tied so we can try that, but it's not worth our time. So it's a lot of learned helplessness over decades of careers that's just passed on to other people. The term that comes to me there is imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> right? Like... People live in that syndrome because they're so scared to lean into the heart. And I know you and I just came off the road from a project we're kicking off. And it just hit me when you were saying that there was such a passion in that project, but we're back in the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With the lack of abundance. With the lack of abundance. And you have the imposter syndrome that comes up. Mm -hmm. And you also have that abundance versus scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the difference in mindsets and heart sets? But I, I just look at it this way. So I have a couple business degrees, and I don't know if it's the first day, second day, or third day, but you know, the, kind of the rule of business is your revenue should a little bit exceed your expenses. <laughs> and so what most businesses that are for-profit, 
their focus is on the shareholder. Mm-hmm. And what typically makes shareholders happy is, you know, that revenue greater than expenses. And so it doesn't take into account that if you build relationships with people, people find it hard to not give you business. I remember this quick story of this individual I used to work with at Kaiser Permanente, and he was moving after he had been living in one place for one state for maybe like 20, 30 years. So he calls up his bank and says, hey, I need to close my account. And the person said, I'm sorry you want to terminate your relationship with us. He Mm. said, right? And that just is very different than close your account. Close your account is business speak. Terminate your relationship? He was like, well, I, I like you. I'm just moving, and you're a small bank. And Long story short, he stayed with that bank. Wow. <laughs> he stayed with that bank even though he, you know, that was way, way, way ago before, you know, the Bitcoins and the yeah. ATMs everywhere. And that kind of stuff. But he stayed with that bank because of that relationship. Wow. And we are... At the core of our, our being, we tend to want to work with and work for people we like, people that we trust, people that we respect. And that's scalable, right? A million percent. Because I think that's another percent of why oh. we shouldn't involve our heart yes. in all of this yes. is because you can't scale it. You, yeah. you can't expect people, when there's a company of 60,000 employees, mm-hmm. you can't expect them to all have the mission of the company and the heart of the company. Wow. And I just call bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. Now, it so doesn't we can, mean... But we can name companies I know. that have skills. And we're not saying you're selling hugs and kisses. I mean, you, you, but if you are building a relationship and you have something of credible and, and of value that people want to buy, I mean, at the end of the day, revenue exceeding expenses, sure. But what often companies do, they play this short game, this quarter this fiscal year and not the longer term relationship where it becomes, I'm sorry, you want to terminate your relationship with us. Yeah, and so we all have a very dear friend, Sean Mm -hmm. Slavinsky, Mm -hmm. and you've heard him say this, Mm -hmm. that the C-suite is to do nothing more than to remove barriers and obstacles for the rest of the organization. And that the C-suite, if they don't do that, you don't need them mm-hmm. because it's about the person. I wouldn't classify Sean as a touchy-feely, huggy person, mm-hmm. right? He's actually a germaphobe, <laughs> <laughs> right? But he leads with love. Yeah. And yeah. leading with love doesn't mean using words like love. No. No. Oh, my God, if I right? ever heard that come out of and his I mouth. Think, <laughs> but I think that's a big misnomer for right, people when right. they hear the phrase lead with love, which yeah. is becoming more important in the corporate world right now. We've right. seen some national national news. national ad campaigns that are this love-focused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Lexus is there. Procter yeah, & Gamble is right. there. Doing the right thing. And as a response to the pandemic, but it doesn't have to be the word love. No. 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 And I think that's a big difference is that we can put that love into action however it works in our ethos the best. I have an affinity for a brand (laughs) called (laughs) Chick-fil-A. They don't tell me they love me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But do they make me feel love? I don't know. They might tell you they love you sometimes. (laughs) Well, and I think this comes back to the the leading with love. And you and I had an aha a few weeks ago about the difference between your wife and you and my wife and I attended the Derby. And then we talk about Las Vegas. I think that leading with love is going back to a core belief of ours that everyone needs to feel like a VIP. 
Mm-hmm. Like a celebrity. Like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And that when we say everyone, that is your employees, your associates, your consumers, your patients, whatever you want to call them, because there's so many words around mm-hmm. that bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone needs to feel that. Mm-hmm. And I think when you lead with love, you don't even have to say it. No. You don't have to say it. Your customers will know it. <laughs> and right? they will feel it. And they will say it for you. Where do you guys think this is going around leading with love, leading with heart sets after this last 16 months and, and we're starting to re-engage back into a society and into corporate offices. Where do you think this is going to go? I just, I think you touched on this where you have, during this time of the pandemic, when we haven't had as much human contact, when you know there was a lot of um, social injustice and fighting for justice that that we might otherwise have missed, and then uh, hello, there were the, the unfortunate the the tally of deaths that were happening, Absolutely. and so I think all of that I don't think we will ever be the same. I think there's things of, you know, your relationships with your family when you were home more, your relationship with your kids. Oh my God, for people who had to teach their kids. Shonda Rhimes said, uh, I think it was the first day that everything shut down. She said, teachers should make a billion dollars a year. (laughs) I mean, I just think we're we're changed in in it. Whatever it might be, your, your appreciation for being able to just go and get on a plane or do the things that you normally didn't think about, but now, you know, they were taking away. Well, let's be real. We've been wanting to do this. I know. Right? Like, but how do you do it and stay safe? And, you know, all three of us are vaccinated now, so we can sit at this table. Right. How long have we wanted to do this? Right. And you've seen corporations take a stand. And for me, I have long said, honestly, I don't care what stand you take, just take just one. Just take it. Just take one and then let me as a um, patron, as a customer, make my decisions. And we get wrapped into this cancel culture and all of that kind of stuff when we start exposing your heart set, right? When you start exposing that. And it's, it's you know, we get into these buzzwords and I'm like, you know, screw the, it's not cancel culture. We've always been a country of standing up for your beliefs, whether March on Washington, sit-ins, all sorts. We've always always been this this type of nation and we now just have news at an instant where things can move a lot faster and so I think it's a great thing again going back to we tend to want to work with work for purchase from companies who have a very similar heart set well and we've talked a lot about the experiential economy mm-hmm. and even how that is going to change how people interact with organizations because consumers control the power of organizations now like never before. Michael, where do you think we're going now in the world and when we start talking about this heart set stuff? I think with so many things, it's gonna be a pendulum. And I think right Mm -hmm. now we're swinging really hard towards love and people. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that when it comes back, the mm-hmm. pendulum doesn't swing hard the other way, but mm-hmm. somehow we, we kind of hit a stride in the middle where we're able to still make money. Yeah. We still understand yeah. revenue, and we do it with the heart set of people first. 100%. And hopefully to that pendulum, we don't swing all the way back. It's a reset. <laughs> reset to a new yeah. center. But, you know, my observation in this conversation of all the other ones that we've had around the book There's so much energy. Heart sets are massively important, and we've got to find the right ground and the right space for it and not lose that. 100%. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this special presentation of the Combustion Chronicles, featuring the lessons and stories behind our new book, Kiss Your Dragons, Radical Relationships, Bold Heart Sets, and Changing the World, which is available now at Amazon. If you'd like to bring Kiss Your Dragons into your life or workplace, head to seannason.com, where you can check out our resource kit for teams, a free book club discussion guide, and information about self-paced and in-person training. If you're ready to dive deeper with us, you can also learn more about our mastermind group and personal coaching. And don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse so we can continue the conversation about radical relationships, challenging the status quo, and being the people the world needs us to be. Thanks for joining us. Now get out there and kiss some dragons. <laughs>